Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity. Forming strong teams to support them, Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Sunday, January 22nd, and we are airing the second part of our interview with Brent Weiss from Facet Wealth. Brent is joining us to help us understand what exactly is going on with the Secure Act 2.0. Remember, the Secure Act passed in late 2019. Some of the aspects of that needed to be tweaked. Congress did that. So today we are going to continue our conversation with Brent Weiss. And if you've got questions about this, of course, all you need to do is go to the website, jillonmoney.com, click the Contact Us button. Let us know if you want to come on the air. That's helpful. And of course, pre-order the new book, The Great Money Reset. Okay, here's the second part of our interview with Brent Weiss. There is something in here in Secure Act 2.0 that is trying to help people squirrel away an emergency reserve or savings account. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So so we talk about this, right? That one of the issues people don't contribute to a, a retirement plan is because they don't even have an emergency fund. So they're going, well, why should I be putting money in my 401k? I need that money to cover uh, my car breaks down, right? Like, how do I pay for these things? So what they said is we can actually create an emergency emergency savings account, an ESA, within the 401k. So it sits on the same platform, right? So when you log in and check your balance, you'd be able to see an ESA. You can contribute up to $2,500 to that plan. And it's sort of flexible like an emergency savings account where you can access it and these types of things. What I love about it is they're considering making, allowing employer matches even on these emergency savings within the 401k, which to me is one of the big wins in this. So you can say, geez, I have to create an emergency savings account. I need to be saving. But now you can actually get free money from your employer. That to me is a pretty big game changer for everyday Americans. 
Okay, so you have the ability for a company to match some emergency savings. Mm -hmm. There is also employer match rules that are a little bit different. Like we've always talked to people and they're like, well, my, I'm using the Roth, but the company's matching in the traditional. And what's the deal with the match? And what, um, where, where does the Secure Act 2.0 come out on that? Yeah, so, so this is like... I guess we can call 2023, 2023 the year the Rothification of retirement because they now will allow you to elect. This, the, the participant gets to elect this if you want your employer match to be before tax or after tax. So you can actually elect a Roth contribution from your, from your employer. The catch is you then pay the taxes on that money, you as the participant. So the company's not going to pay the, the taxes on that. So if your employer match, let's just pick a round number, is 10 grand and you're paying 25% in taxes, you're going to have to pay that, pick up that $2,500 tax bill for the Roth contributions of your employer. That's going to be fascinating to see. There's going to be a lot of screw ups here. I can tell. Oh, and not even screw ups like I don't think payroll companies, once they lay label everything correctly and they code everything, people are gonna be like, Why did my tax bill go up or <laughs> down? Or you know, like people are gonna be freaked out and they're gonna forget all about it. I also noticed, so we've talked a lot about the Roth and you've you've mentioned that, you know, there are certain look, there's a lot of parts of the tax code that are really good for people who have tons of money, right? Like the ability to save, you know, if you're over sixty $10,000 as a catch up, not 7,500. So that's all good. And, um, you know, backdoor Roths are still actually legal and available. So are mega backdoor retirement contributions also available. There are a couple of things that I think that the, the Secure Act 2.0 is trying to focus with lower to middle income folks. Um, and not just auto enrollment or even that hardship, that there's something called a saver's match or a saver's credit. So right now, I had to look this up. So believe me, I didn't know this off the top of my head. Right now, the saver's credit allows people to receive 50% of their retirement savings contribution up to $2,000 in the form of a non-refundable tax credit, meaning you receive the money back up to a thousand bucks only if you owe at least that much in taxes. And if you don't owe any money in taxes, you don't get the benefit. Okay. So, right. You put $2,000 in, I get 50% of that in a tax credit, but only if I owe taxes. Okay. Take a breath, Jill. Starting in 2027, which is just around the corner, ladies and gentlemen, instead of a non-refundable tax credit, you get a federal matching contribution that goes into an IRA or a retirement plan. So I think that's kind of better. Just like put the money away. So like, let's say, you know, there's a phase out and everything, but it's like the money just goes into a retirement account so that you don't have access to it through the tax credit system and you don't have to worry whether you owe taxes or not. It just goes in there. So that seems like good, right? Isn't that not a, isn't it a better thing just to have the thing be cleaner and put the money in the retirement account and go from there? Simple is always better. 529 plan. What's happening with the 529 plan? What happens here? Well, the 529 plan, which is just the IRS sort of section for education savings, it has become the Swiss army knife of like everything planning. It's, it's, not, it's, it's like not even just for education anymore, which is wild. Right? So it used to be that a 529 plan was essentially used for college. So you'd put money in when you, you know, little Johnny or Sarah's running around when they're like six months old and you're like, I don't even know what they're going to do when they're two, let alone 17 and go to college. 
but you could you could put money in and the growth in earnings was tax free. And if you used it for qualified education expenses, essentially college at that time, you could the growth was tax free. Great way to build money. But then what people said is like, well, what if they get scholarships and what if they don't go to college and who knows what the heck is going on? So all of a sudden we started adding these provisions. This Secure Act 2.0 now actually allows for money in your education savings of 529 to be rolled over to a Roth IRA for the beneficiary. That's just who you're funding the account for, right? So if you have a kid, you know, Johnny or Sarah, again, they can be for their Roth IRA in the future. Couple catches to this. The account has to be open for at least 15 years. This is where the IRS has to come out and, and tell us about specific rules because what they didn't state is whether this is like, if you already have a 529 that's open for 15 years, if that becomes active all of a sudden. That was going to be my first question. That was very Always good. Okay, so we don't know. We don't, yeah, we don't know yet. So it sounds like based upon how they wrote the law, that's the case, but we always have to wait for the IRS to come out and confirm it. Um, All right, let me just let me just do this. Mark is my son. Let me just do it for Theo. Like I open an account for Theo, Aunt Jill, benevolent Aunt Jill puts $100,000 into this 529 uh, account over the course of 10 years, 15 mm -hmm. years. Now it's 15 years later, Theo gets a full ride at Stanford. The hundred grand that's been in there now for more than 15 years as a lump sum can roll into a Roth for Theo? Ah, good question. Here's one of the catches. There's a there's a lifetime limit for every, for in this case, for Theo, right? For every individual of $35,000. Oh, come on. That's uh, nothing. But it's better than nothing, right? It you know, beats a poke in the eye kind of thing. So, and, and you also, you can't do it all lump sum. It has to be based upon annual Roth contribution limits, which would be, if we did it this year, $6,500. So you'd have to do it over multiple years. And, and it replaces your Roth contribution. So you can't double dip a rollover from a 529 and do a Roth contribution at the same time. So, the, so there's some Okay, like wait a minute. Wait a minute. I have so many questions. Okay, so it's subject to the annual contribution limit. I get mm -hmm. that. That makes sense to me. But it's not subject to income testing. In other words, right now, Correct. I cannot put money into a Roth if I'm making over a certain threshold. And if Theo in 15 years let's say 20 years is making above the threshold, I'm still able to do whatever that annual limit is every year from the old 529 plan, we think? Yeah, that, that's that's the way that I've read it. And that's the way it appears to be written, unless the IRS changes that and says that we're going to we're going to cap it. By the way, you know, like things are always changing. I mean, think about all the legislation we've seen in the last just two years from from COVID. Um, this could change 10 or 15 years down the road, but it's a huge benefit, which is why. So here's why they did it, right? Like a lot of things people weren't using 529 plans because there was so much uncertainty about, you know, what does a kid do in 15 or 16 years when they go to college? Is college going to change? What about costs, public, private, in-state, right? Scholarships, all these different things. And said, how do we get people to start saving for college? Now, this goes back to sort of one of the things that if we, if we think about the underlying problem with a lot, whether it's retirement savings or the cost of college, it's it, frankly, we're not controlling the cost of college. It is the highest inflationary thing we've seen over the last 20 or 30 years. And so all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, you know, save an extra $35,000 that, I mean, by the time, uh, you know, Theo, I don't know how Theo is, but the time Theo is 17 or 18 years old, college can cost 200 grand. You know, what's fascinating to me um, as we talk about that, Mark and I have always said like, oh, the cool thing about a 529 plan is like a Roth for education. And now it really is. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's actually becoming like the future of, of Roth funding. So for all, I mean, look, and here's the thing too, you know, a lot of my clients are already funding um, 529 plans for college. So this doesn't really change how we think about it, although it's great because you can even use $10,000 now for to pay off student loans. You can use up to $10,000 for K through 12 education. So this is really becoming a funding everything account. 
the difference here is sometimes we're talking to grandparents to either sort of supplement college or even pay for a master's degree, a graduate degree. Or once you're, in this case, your grandkid, right, is old enough, if you use all the parents' 529 funds and then the grandkid or the grandparents have some money, you can use that to fund the Roth. And that can be a huge benefit. And you can jumpstart it for your kids and even grandkids. And now the thing they don't know yet that they haven't spoken about is like, how does the beneficiary thing work? Right? Because five because 529 plans, you can change the beneficiary within your family, even like in-laws at any time without a without a taxes or penalties. Right. So even if you like overfund the darn thing, you can move it to a grandkid, you can move it back to yourself and go back to school, a bunch of different things. What they haven't said is if you change the beneficiary from Theo, and let's say I change it back to my name here, or Jill, let's say you change it back to your name, right? From Theo back to you, if then you all of a sudden can then start converting from the 529 plan to the Roth IRA. They haven't confirmed that yet. And so that'll be an interesting thing to see how that plays out. Thanks so much to Brent Weiss for joining us and explaining Secure Act 2.0. Yes, we scratched the surface, but there was a lot there, 400 pages worth. If you've got a question or maybe we need to dig deeper into something on your behalf, just go to the website, jillonmoney.com, click the Contact Us button, and write us your note. If you want to come on the air, don't forget to check the little box that says you want to come on the air. We would very much appreciate that. Do something nice for someone else today. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life, buy the book, all those things. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.